and ladies and gentlemen, this is the Voice of Reason podcast. Did I just lose everything at the drop of a hat? Maybe not. I hope Travis Kirkendall comes into the picture here. Maybe he does. There's Travis Kirkendall. Man, hey, I'm back. You're there you go. Yes, we're still live. I was like, okay. what happened? We just went live just for a second, and boom, he was gone. My name is Andy was, Van Beber. Uh, this is Travis Kirkendall. We are two of the three musketeers that make up the voice of reason. Our brother Sean is not with us tonight. He will uh, be with us next week. Um, and so tonight, again, it is just uh, Travis and I who hold down the ship, but that's okay. We're okay to hold down the ship. I'm becoming comfortable with steering, you know, I'm not as, I, I don't have as many court, well, I have plenty of course jokes. I just don't have the, I don't have the, uh, the, uh, what do you want to call it? The. You could, you could be a host. You got the voice for it. You got the. He's got, but. Sean has the radio voice. Sean has the radio voice, and I'm well. Sean's Sean's a natural showman. He, he, he is. He's the guy. He get up on stage. He can do all these things. He's mean. That's why he's living where he's at, doing what he's doing. He's just that's what he's good at. I mean, he's, he's that's his thing. I know. And every time that he's not on, I'm just like, ah, but I just I you know. And you and I get on here all awkward, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know it is. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, I Sean. See, t- I I haven't even said today's date. Today is January the twenty third, twenty twenty three. We are in episode number forty three, creeping ever so much closer. Five weeks away from episode one hundred of the Voice Ooh. of Reason podcast, and we have. That, that makes me nervous because we have to get on the ball and actually, you know, plan something special for that. I don't know. We need to talk to our friends out at the at the at McDingers or something and plan something special for that. I don't know. Yeah, that would be cool. I can make it back. I know when I was talking to, well, maybe I, well, I'll say it. when I was talking to Sean, it sounded like he's going to be in town in a couple of months. Um, so maybe we can plan oh, something. Oh man, we need that would be um, fantastic for us to all sit around the same table at a time. I'd, but uh, anyway, what? Uh, so the weekend for me was uh, entering. I was just telling Travis before I have I have been soccer dad. I have been basketball dad, and now I am swim dad. Yes, folks. Uh, Bryson decided he was, he didn't want to play basketball anymore, which was fine. Um, but we, we went into the realm, dived into the realm, head, headlong into the swim realm. And, uh, wow. I was telling Travis before we went on tonight that those kids, I want to tell you something. I've seen athletes. I've coached track for 20 years. Uh, I've seen all kinds of athletes. I've I coached basketball for 15 years. I've coached. And I, you know, I coach, I even coached softball for two years and I've seen all kinds of athletes, but this, the swimmer is by, by far and large, one of the best when you get these, and I saw a lot of high school swimmers and they were, they're specimens. I mean, these kids are, you know, cut, they are lean, they are fast. I mean, these kids are in shape and I was really impressed, but we did our, our first swim meet, and uh, that was impressive. We had a good time. Uh, Bryson, you know, he he, he it's going to be a work in progress. He seems to like it, so we're happy with that. Um, but uh, we did that. That was all day yesterday, and uh, it was it was an it was an, it was definitely it was seven hours. Of course, you're you know when you do like a high school track meet or a junior high track meet, you're only like you know two age levels. With a swim meet, you're doing basically ages four to nineteen, you know, all yeah, in, all a- all in one meet. And so, but uh, hats off to Hannibal YMCA. They put on a really good meet yesterday. Hats off to uh, Twin Pike Family YMCA, uh, Joe McLaughlin, Wendy McLaughlin, 
uh, great swim program that they have in place and uh, took my son right in and uh, I was really happy with it. So that's uh, awesome. I'm glad they got a program like that there in Pike County, yeah. man. It, but swimming is so underrated. Like I encourage people, if you've never went to like a lap pool and tried to swim some laps, like I'll swim. I, it's, I actually do swimming here and there and just doing two laps of freestyle. I am absolutely smoked. Like I am just drained. It is so challenging. There's so it's like, it's such a technical sport too. Like, Every movement matters. Oh, yeah. Every, it's, yes. It's like form is so important and there's such attention to detail to it. But really cool that your son's doing it, man. That's, yeah, that's and, pretty cool. And that's the, you know, just watching these kids, you watch the, I mean, you, when you see it on TV and you watch it in the, in the Olympics, it's one thing. But not, not, you know, to brag on the coach's daughter, uh, she's a freshman. And this girl, is a phenomenal swimmer and I've never, I've never been able to witness someone. I mean, I've coached some great runners in track that have dominated the sport. Um, and who I've, I've seen it a couple times on the track, but I, you know, to see it in person in a pool and this girl finishing 10 to 15 seconds ahead of her next competitor was just, <laughs> I was just like, and just takes off and it's, it's like I said, it's, um, it's, it's something to behold. It's really something to behold. How was your weekend? Uh, it was busy. So we were actually, um, uh, we went back home to see my grandma for her birthday. Uh, we we drove out. How old is grandma? Uh, she just turned 78. Oh, this, this is my mom's side of the family. Okay. She just turned 78. Okay. This is the, my grandmother who has cancer currently. All right. Uh, so we went home and saw her. We left. I was working late Friday night, so we didn't leave Friday. We left early Saturday morning, so a lot of driving. Um, so we spent the day with them, and we really just went home, hung out with my dad the rest of the night, and we were back on the road the next morning. Um, and then my dog started training again yesterday, and that went really good. Yeah. And he had a fun week, and he was just – my dad's got like 30-something acres there in Bowling He was Green. running, he was running just, hard, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. It's it's awesome. He's <laughs> completely different dog. Just so happy. Oh man. And so well behaved too. Like he's just an angel there because he's able to burn all that energy. That um but it was it was a good weekend, just busy. You mentioned training. We got I I busted out uh I busted out the electronic training collar for my gold and I've i I'm I, I'm at that point where it's time to really buckle down and uh I'm Let's just say that I'm ready to, I'm ready to kick some tail and take some names with this dog. So. My uh, my only advice with that, I'm I'm not a professional trainer by any means. Just reward the good behavior as much as you oh, can yeah. with that. Yep, yep. We got really the, definitely got the balance dog, that out. Definitely got the uh, the dog treat. So awesome. But uh, yeah, we do we do all that. So, but uh, man, what a week it was! If you this kind of crept underneath the. Uh, the radar for me until Travis shared it in our group chat about, uh, you know, it's, it's part of a recession. It happens during a recession. We are now, what would we say? Is it safe to say six months into this recession? Five, four or five at least. Uh, uh, I'd I'd say so. That's kind of when the the term started to get thrown around and more mainstreamish. Yeah. And I mean, so you saw, with, I mean, recession, you, I mean, it started out with the in, inflation. It started out with inflation. Uh, when you, we knew this was coming, uh, not to tune our own horns here at the Voice of Reason, but we, we called it uh, last year when this legislation of pushing up wages was going to happen and this was going to uh, push prosperity in our economy. And we had Hank Owens on and we had, we've had various people on who said, this is not going to be good for the economy. This is going to be a bad thing. And here we are. So, um, Travis, why don't you give us a rundown of what we're seeing as far as some of the numbers that have come out in the last couple of weeks, actually in the last month, over the layoffs, especially in the tech sector. Why don't you give us some rundown on that? Well, a lot of these layoffs that I've been seeing are in the tech 
the tech area of the workforce. Um, the one I, the reason we even got on this topic is I just, I've been seeing these articles of these big companies doing layoffs. And then I happened to see Alphabet, which is Google, right. um, laying off 12,000 employees. And I forget what percentage that is of their hiring force, but it's a lot of people. And there was a lot of, uh, I was reading a lot of articles of employees that kind of felt like, you know, they were just kind of hung out to dry and they were kind of just, didn't really feel appreciated. I saw one article, a guy, you know, he was 20 years in, just got a raise and promotion, all this stuff. And you're 20 years in a company. You think that's a career, you know, you got, right. you probably got a pension set up and all this stuff and you just get laid off. It's layoffs are hard, man. Um, but I started to really dive into that after I saw that article and there is, yeah, it's mostly been tech jobs and I have a whole graph here. I got a bunch of information here. Uh, so I guess we'll just dive right into it. Meta, I think they've, according to this, this is, I got a lot of this stats from Investopedia and a couple of articles as well. I was skimming through earlier. So Meta has, Meta has laid off 13% of their employee staff. That's 11,000 employees. Peloton, which has just been a disaster of a company. Their stock has just been a nightmare. <laughs> This uh, is, they told yeah. This is the they told more than forty six hundred employees laid off, and that's that's been a series of layoffs that's been going on since beginning of last year. Well, that thing, there's that, been like four different periods, and that launch and that launch of that company didn't even. I mean, like you said, that's been a cluster fudge from the get go on that on that with that company. Well, Peloton's issue, and this was kind of the theme with a lot of these tech companies. The pandemic happened. And there was this, this giant tech boom that came out right, of it. Right. And there was this, I mean, Peloton took off. I mean, everyone, I remember, I remember people, people were talking gym. about the stock. Yeah. People weren't going to the gym, but they, you know, they were buying these bikes and doing the online program. And that's, I mean, it had a lot to offer, but they just had this big rise. And I think they just overextended themselves riding that wave. And then now you see what we have now. Mm -hmm. uh, but to continue on, um, Everyone's obviously heard about the Twitter layoffs when Elon Musk bought the company. Um, they've laid off 3,700 people a total. And I, I don't know for sure. I thought I read some there. They were talking about laying off more, but who knows with that. Uh, company Seagate Technology announced a restructuring plan, reducing their workforce by 8%. That's 3,000 employees laid off. Carvana which I believe was on the verge of bankruptcy. I was reading the other yeah, day. That, their business model wasn't the smartest either. No. Um, let go of 12% of its workforce. That's 2,500 employees. That was May 10th. Uh, GoPuff, a consumer goods and food delivery company, had four rounds of layoffs. Total. Uh, see, there was... Two layoffs beginning of the year, one of 100 employees and then one of 450 employees. Mm -hmm. And then in July, they laid off 1,500 employees. And then in October, 20, 250 employees. Snap, 20% of its workforce, 1,280 employees laid off. No, no, okay. Coinbase. Snap as in Snapchat or is that Snap as in something different or is that... I don't know. I'm. I don't know if Snap is Snapchat. I think. It it, I think. It, I think that's what it's. I mean. I would assume that Snapchat, yeah, given right. it, this is tech companies discussing here. Coinbase laid off eighteen percent of its staff, one thousand one hundred people, and I've heard rumors of them not being in a good financial position anyway. There's been talks of bankruptcy with them. Uh, it's another thing. Uh, public service announcement. Announcement. Excuse me. If you keep money on Coinbase, find a way to get your money get, off get Coinbase. Off there, right. there was a thing that they put out. I remember it was when they actually it was around the time the layoffs happened. They put out a memo to people on that website saying that and if there was a for lack of better terms, what the, this document that they put out to the people that keep money were saying that if we happen to go bankrupt, they can seize your funds. <laughs> because it's not it's not your none of that is of course, none of that is is uh, is. There's a term. In, there's a term in cryptocurrency. Not your not your wallet. Not your crypto. right. So it's not protect. It's not like FDIC or SPCI, SIPC insured. That too, correct. So um, you're. I mean, so you're you're pretty much foobard if you 
Yeah, to me, and that is, and that's not that's not even the tip of the iceberg with that. Yeah, we we've uh, there's been a lot of stuff in crypto. Um, and it, real quick, if you're somebody that does have money on Coinbase and you want to know how to safely get it off, by all means, reach out to me. I can help you out. Uh, Stripe, a financial services and software company, um, laid off 14% of its staff, 1,000 people, November 3rd. Uh, actually, there was this minor layout before that of 50 people, but then they went hard and dropped off 1,000 people. Microsoft, which we heard about recently, um, I believe that was... That was earlier on, and they knew that that was... I wasn't mean, that like 10,000 employees yes, I sent to you guys? Yes, Um According to this, the exact numbers are difficult to track. So, uh, well, and that uh, I think they're I think they're still going through layoffs. There and what's what's why is this? I mean, a lot of it we're knowing that a lot of it is a lot of the tech based stuff is because of and like you said there at the beginning, the the. Uh, like you said there at the beginning, it you know, after the let off of COVID, and every I mean, tech is n- naturally going to see a. Pro- I mean, could you attribute a lot of this to COVID? I would I mean, just in the sense back that to normal. Oh yeah, I mean we had a pretty. I mean between with stimulus and everybody getting out of quarantine, I mean there's so many factors that went into that boom that happened, and I mean. Any company, I mean, it makes it's logical. You start to grow, demand goes up. You need more employees, right. and then, well, price yeah. of price of services and goods go up. You start missing out on profit margins, profit margins or whatever, and you know, then you gotta lay people off. I mean, it's a markets in general, as we've discussed before, is just an up and down, up and down battle. And these layoffs, I mean, we're talking tech, and we can continue to talk tech, but also real estate. There's been real estate layoffs, and um, I was telling you before, uh, investment banking layoffs as well. And I'm, I think maybe some of the what's behind that is all the same. I think you know there was such a well, yeah. We can go into the we can go into real estate. I mean, look at the housing market after when COVID happened. The housing market absolutely exploded. If I, you know, I I could bring on my old DJ partner on here. Um, who was, who is in the, who is in, he is an active, he has been a, he's been a, uh, a, uh, house framer for years. We've talked about this before and how, I mean, with the shortage in lumber and what that looked like during the COVID and then, yeah, the lumber thing was and big. that, and that drove, and that drove the price of the market through the roof that drove, that drove the price of, of building. You know what was once a hundred seventy-five thousand, two hundred thousand dollar house is now a, you know, three and a half to four hundred thousand dollar house, and people were, even as in, I mean, I think, and this this may have been the start of it too, Travis. I think you you hit it on a good point here, is because of everybody because the rates had stayed so low for so long. I mean, the Fed had to do something, right? Oh, for I, sure. I mean, when the Fed when the Fed said we're going to drop, okay, this has been three years. I think it was three three and a half years at sub three, sub at least sub four interest rates, and to for whatever reason, you know. I mean, and there's definitely brighter heads in the room than than mine. I'm just a simple mind. But to look at, you cannot just keep on letting a market skyrocket. We say, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't you want a market to skyrocket? Because after a while, if you keep on letting people borrow and borrow, and, and stop me if I'm wrong on this, Travis, but I think if you keep on letting people borrow and borrow and borrow and borrow and borrow, you're going to have a market made of money that's not there. It's it's look at two thousand eight, right? Two thousand seven. That, that was another dot. The you know the the housing that was a housing crisis then. You know anybody you, could buy a house, right? And I and I, I did buy a house back then. You know that was during 
I mean, you know, we and what was bad back then was we thought six and a half was good. You couldn't have told me back then that there was going to be two point three, two point two. How I mean, that was that's nuts. And so, sure, people are going to take out three and four hundred thousand dollar loans because I mean, so you're going to be paying two dollars back for every hundred dollars that you borrow. You don't have to think twice about that. But now, now all of it's come back into its own. And people have seen this. I've seen this. You know, you were you were in middle school, elementary school when this happened the first time around. You know, and uh, this is in, in an economic cycle. People believe in this. I mean, you can trace this back as long as there's been a United States and as long as we've kept track of a market. This isn't the first recession that we, we've had. We've had, oh, no. and everybody thinks of the Great Depression. No, that was the, we've had multiple depressions, you know. You know, 1896, people thought the world was going in because, I mean, of the jobless rate. And that wasn't even close to what it was during the Great Depression. And, you know, you're seeing these numbers and I, I'm, you know, quarterly, re- let's see. So we won't have, that's the bad thing about it is we won't have a quarterly unemployment report until like what, March, probably? I think March. Let me Google the most recent uh, unemployment rate. I think we're somewhere, we're still in, I mean, it's not a decent, I mean, it's not a terrible. 3.7%. So we're. we're, November 2022. So that was, okay, so November, so November, so December, January, February. Yeah, it'll be March before we get the next numbers. It'll be March before we get the next numbers. And I'm really curious to see what that number is, considering like of those numbers and companies I read, and that's just tech. A lot of that was fall and on, fall of last year and on. Mm-hmm. So, like around the time I did that report is when some of these bigger layoffs were just starting. I'm really curious to see what that that new percentage, that new number is. Well, and where people are going to really start being concerned is. Long term, you know, I I hope, and we saw a little bit of this. I, did, I, I knew of some people who did this back in 2008. People who panicked and took the tax penalty and pulled out their 401ks and started, you I know, know. People that did that in 2020. Yeah. And if you start pulling out, Four and these are your. I've got a four hundred three b. I know guys who have four hundred one k's. I mean, those are meant to be parked for the long haul. You don't you don't mess with them. You let your investor. You know, I, I I've given instructions to my investor to be a very. I'm I shouldn't say very. I'm moderately aggressive with my, with my mutual funds, and with my four hundred three b. You know, and I know some guys with their 401ks and, you know, what they're, but these guys pulled, pulling stuff out, think about what that's going to do to your market. And people don't, I shouldn't say they don't know. We know, I mean, we have enough of the, uh, what's the financial guru, the Dave Ramsey, you know, Dave Ramsey <laughs> telling everybody, hey, put back 10% every month into your savings. Have an emergency fund. What kind of emergency fund do you have? And, you know, so what do you think this is going to spell? How, what is this going to spell out for? What impact is this going to, just within this sector right now, what impact do you think this is going to be playing out on the rest of the, on the rest of the economy? I mean, I can't see it being, I mean, obviously it's not a positive thing. You got people losing their jobs, right? And I mean, this is, again, this isn't just tech. I mean, like I said, like there's the the housing market. You got people in mortgage losing money. You got people in banking losing, not losing money, losing jobs. You got people in banking losing jobs. I mean, on one hand, yeah, it's it's it can be negative because it's it's showing that, hey, markets are going down. Um, interest rates are probably going to keep going up. The Federal Reserve's got to do something about inflation, right? On the other hand, you can look at it as like, okay, well, people are leaving the workforce or leaving that 
industry, do they go into something like where where do they go? Do they just go on unemployment or do they go into something different? Like I know restaurants, the entertainment industry, people like that, they need workers. Uh, blue collar is still hurting for people in pretty much every single trade. Uh, do you see people make career changes and fill the gap in those industries? I don't know. Um, I think you will to an extent, but I don't know. I can't say what people are going to do for sure. I mean, it, I think if people go into different if people still find work, I think it, I, I really don't know, man, <laughs> it's, to be honest. Well, and that's, and that there, there's line. I can't see it being a good thing. Let's no, put it that way. No. And because of what we're going to. I think I'm just trying to be optimistic about the situation. You, well, that, that's, that to me is, that's, it's, it's really hard to be optimistic about this because. When you look yeah, at all sure. the characteristics that come with a with a market like this, I mean, let's talk about how aggressive things are. I mean, let's just let's start out here. Let's just make small time predictions, okay? So, small time prediction that I'm going to say is you're going you're going to see more. I still, I mean, this is just the beginning. You're going to see complementary industries. Because when I say complementary industries, the American, the global economy is so interconnected anymore. It's not even funny. You can trace one part of the you can trace one part of the economy. It's like what do they call that seven or six degrees of separation? You know when you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. Well, it's the same thing within the economy. You can make a connection between. You say, well, I don't do any online or I don't do any .com or I don't do any of that stuff. Well, wait a minute. In the long term, that's going to come back and that's going to, tr that's going to trickle back to us eventually. You will see different industries. I mean, because, you know, when I was reading that article that you sent us about what Google was doing, one of the areas that they cut back on, I saw that one of the department was their innovate one of their what do they call it their development and innovation departments, mm -hmm. and I'll just tell you this: this me as an educator, uh, education Google is making a large, large push at what they call the Google uh, Google Education Workspace, where you can do. Everything within, you know, from Google Meets to Google Classrooms to Google Docs to Google Forms to Google this. I mean, everything. And and a lot of that was developed by some of these research development teams. And I was reading the story that you sent us about the one guy. He was the only, in his, in his work group, was the only one who survived the, all the cuts. You know, so... For us in the industry, you know, who are involved in tech, I mean, teaching is a tech heavy industry. We are in. Oh, for sure. We are, we, we are highly dependent. And I mean, I am, I run a Google classroom. I mean, everything I do is Google based. And a lot of the things that they are doing is, you know, on, we like to be on the cutting edge. We like to be. You know, I like all the, I mean, just how it's developed. Now, is that going to have an impact on how we're going to see things develop? Who knows? Um, go larger scale when you talk about Amazon. So Amazon, they were, you said they were one of those who made, what did you say, 8,000? Was that what they? No. Am, uh, what, that article, why did I say that number was? I don't, you, in that article, that article said, okay, uh, I can't. I, I want to say Amazon laid off twelve thousand people, yeah, or ten thousand. Okay. It was some number like that. And so, and think about you know, and it would be interesting to know in what sector that was in. Is that going to be more on? I mean, surely that's not going to be on distribution side. I would assume that's probably going to be on their website, on their tech side. A lot of these companies, if they can find a way 
if we can find if if they can find a way to be able to so Amazon began making layoffs in its devices organization, retail division, and human resources division, cutting ten thousand employees. And announced the company on January fourth. They announced they plan to lay off more than eighteen thousand employees between reductions made in November and the ones we're sharing today. They're doing big layoffs right now. And to me, I mean, Amazon. Amazon is is. I mean, they're such a huge company for them. Maybe that's not a lot, but you—that's well, but... a lot of people losing their jobs. That's. I still. So I mean. We're easily looking at That's a, a large percentage of the uh, of dot coms of techs of whatever. You know, they're they're throwing the Amazon. I'm reading here. They're throwing Amazon under the, the tech layoffs. So you can go ahead and I guess throw it under that category. So n- next to see though, it, and I I kind of got wandered off point. Going back to complementary goods and complementary services. Mm-hmm. Not to 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 steal a science fiction. I hope Casey Casey Davis, by the way, says she listens to us to help her go to sleep. Which kind of I don't know how to take that, but to take from <laughs> but to take from a science fiction realm, you know, within within science fiction, with, with, yeah, within science fiction, there's this realm that there's this idea called the symbiont circle. You know, what affects one is going to affect all. You know. And the idea behind a symbiont circle is that part of that com- concept is there's people who are on like if there's a if there's going to be a cut here, the people down here on the opposite end are going to be like, well, that's never going to get to us. We don't have to worry. It's it, it but it does. When the stock market crashed October twenty eighth, nineteen twenty nine, in a lot of cities, that was below the fold news. That was below the newspaper fold news. Because a lot of people weren't connected into the areas that crashed in the stock market. But after a while, when dominoes started to fall and investment money that went into these companies started to fall and then people, there was not the demand for goods and people started being laid off and then one after the other, after the other, after the other. Are we going to see something like that? I don't think we're going to see something like that. But all of your leading economic indicators right now, and that's the other thing, too, that's different about this. In in an economy, you have leading indicators. So when you look at the leading indicators, that's how the economy is going to go. All right. We're going to need to see this in March. So we're going to need one of the leading, obviously one of the leading indicators is going to be your unemployment numbers. That's going to go one direction. But. As you said before, it's going to be really interesting to see what new housing starts are going to look like when this quarterly report comes out. If because that's they're still, I mean, they've got. I know talking about my buddy who's the framer. They've still got they've got job they've got jobs lined out until twenty twenty five. Yeah. So, so I mean, I'm still skeptical on the housing market as far as what it does this year. I've heard. I've heard good and bad things. I don't, at the end of the day, it's a market. Nobody truly knows what's going to happen. Um, but you can make cases for both sides of it. But I mean, if you're, if you, if he's telling he's got work lined up, I mean, that's, that's a good sign. Right. That is I a mean, good, I remember, that's a good sign. I, mean, but, I remember looking back at 2008, my dad was on unemployment a lot. There was well, nothing going on. So, nothing in construction. So 2009, that's when my buddy and I, or 2010 was when we started our DJ business together and we went for almost eight years, you know, and then when the housing market started picking up there, 2019, I mean, he's like, Hey, I, you know, I've got four kids at home and I need to work all I can go, you know? And my fear is just seeing a lot of this stuff start falling through, you know, but certain aspects of the economy still aren't panning out the way they should. Like I said, because you have a market that's the market has, I mean, has the, when was the last time the market market had a stable 
you would classify as a bull market month? When would you consider to be the last true saying, okay, hey, we had this was a true bull market month. We saw significant growth in, in most sectors. I mean, uh, right now. Uh, everything was, I mean, everything was green. Everything was pretty positive until like the Fed started raising rates. I mean, once the, once the interest rates started to go up, I just, I, it seemed like things started to drop and come back down to reality. So I would say, yeah. from my opinion, it seemed like it was around that time. Well, and um, I, and, and I'll tell you what, it was funny. So every year and we're getting close to it. I'm going to do the, uh, I, so every year I've done this for about the last five years. I, I do, it's called the stock market game. And my, when we start talking about the great depression and the stock market, the I stock start, and it's a, it's a, it's a, and there's tons of different simulations you can get into online now for classes. Uh, so I use this one, uh, this one simulator where, you know, I can sit, I, I tell the kids, it's like, okay, you have a, your, your project. This is their second semester project. Um, I start them out with, you know, $10,000 in mock cash. And I say, invest this. And you know, we, and through the process, we explain what stocks are, how stocks work, what the market is, factors that drive the market up, factors that drive the market down. And so last year, I remember last year was in, it was in March when we, late February, when we started this game. And I mean, some of these kids and you've got, and this is what was scary. I've got some really, we've got some kids at Clopton who are already making pretty good money in jobs and doing site kind of like remind me a lot of your brother. Cause when your brother was in school, your brother had so many side jobs. It wasn't even funny. And there's a lot of kids like that. And some of these kids just start saying, okay, so what are penny stocks? And then you have to say, okay, slow down, you know, but then, you know, you just go all in. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it was, my whole point to that story was this, it was at about that time when, this was one of the years where we didn't have a, you know, usually you have a bunch of kids who will make, you know, and the game run, the game runs for six weeks. And at the end of six weeks, you'll have, you know, I would say it was safe to be said that, and the kids can buy and sell whatever they want as much as they want. And by the end of six weeks, you know, at least, I'd say at least 35 to 40% of the kids have made at least, you know, a couple of thousand dollars in profit. But this last year, it was funny because nobody, everybody's like, okay, well, this one's, oh, okay. V, what's a safe one to go with? I was like, okay, uh, go with Apple, go with Disney, go with Walmart, go. And then they, okay, we're going to, of course, these kids, you know, I was like, don't sink it all into one place. Well, these kids will just like market, just mass sell, mass, but you know, all that didn't work, you know? And I just, I wonder, <laughs> and I wondered about that. I'm like, okay, how many people in real life are actually doing this, doing this exact thing when they panic, when they see numbers of, un I mean, I saw today though, that Google's Google share is still, I mean, they're not doing terrible. Their, their, their stock isn't terrible. But you know, you yeah, may, I don't, I don't know what it's at right now. But I, you know, I just uh, so I have, and so out of that, I call it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm afraid to. I'll, I'll just show it here. This is, this is my. So on my phone here, I don't know with my background. You probably can't see it. You can't see it. It kind of popped up a minute, but yeah. So the, the thing that I, I, I use, uh, I use this thing called. I use an app called Robinhood, and. And actually, I don't know if it was Sean or you or somebody else who got me into to Robinhood or who. I think it was it was Robinhood was behind the whole GameStop and all that jazz. They were the ones that stopped uh, investors from pulling from selling when the whole uh, short sell. Yeah. So, short, here, uh, so this is this is what yeah. it looked, this is what. But I mean, I call it my. This is my. This is my video game. I almost call it. I I consider it like a big. So I started the, I started doing this two years ago and I started with 20 bucks and at its peak, I got up to, and I don't really, I just, I put stuff in there and I, if I like it, I'll, I'll keep it in just, just, I'm, I got as high as 50 bucks. 
and I, you know, back, but this was back a year and a half ago when it was up that high. And I thought, man, now I need to pull it out. And then, you know, but with, with investing as long with everything else, people are going to, and I think people are going to look at this, what's happening. You know, I, I don't want to be the doom merchant, but I think people are going to be looking at what's happening. And I think they're going to, we're going to start seeing some, I would hope to think, maybe I'm wrong and you give me your input, Travis. I would like to think that there's going to be a lot more people who are going to maybe start making more careful purchases. Maybe, maybe think twice about how they're going to, instead of blowing the money, save you know, sitting back. I mean, where do you see this general trend going towards with, especially with the, with this job market doing what it's doing on the tech side? I mean, we talked about this when inflation happened. People have a hard time, and to myself including, uh, when you having to save when you, or maybe that's not the way to, right way to put it. Making a lifestyle change as far as like, say if you always eat out every weekend, that's your thing. You go out every Saturday and you go get that dinner. Maybe you can't do that every week anymore, and it's got to be every two weeks, or maybe you can't go out but maybe once a month, a lot of people have a hard time making that lifestyle change. And uh, maybe that's something a lot of people struggle with and it ends up biting them in the butt. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But um, you know, what's interesting. I remember back, was this uh black Friday or was this Christmas time? Jeff Bezos of all people like, came out and was like warning people like, Hey, I wouldn't overspend this holiday season. I wouldn't oh, be Jeff buying Bezos. all this stuff. Yeah. I yeah it was Jeff Bezos of all people came out and said that. I was like, you would think he would say the opposite. Owning Amazon, want people to buy. Well, um, and, and when you looked at black market this year, some of the numbers that, that are, and they're starting to release some of those numbers. I saw early, early stuff. I think it's been like two or three weeks ago. Some of the early returns, and was it that, not good? No, it was not that good. I mean, to me, it is a reflection because when you looked at Black Friday, they didn't have a lot of stuff to offer. I would say that deals kind of sucked this the year deals, too. The which deals because doesn't surprise me considering everything that's been going on. Well, because of you can't offer in 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 a capitalistic in a in a profit driven society. To me. And I may read this totally wrong, but I'm doing this from a social studies teacher's point of view. If you're, you know, if you've had a good year, if you've had a successful year, and maybe you have the surplus of stock, or maybe you have, I think at Black Friday, I mean, the whole concept of Black Friday is to end the year in the black, not in the red. And so they will make these, you know, and when they show these deals, they're showing these deals probably at just a few dollars over cost and they're, they're still going to make, they're going to make profit, but they're hoping on making profit based upon the vol volume that they sell. The volume. Correct. And so Correct. because this year economically, because we saw inflationary rates shoot up the way we did, why did we see inflation? I mean, when your standard minimum wage will go up $15 to $15 an hour and it's slowly making its way around Illinois, you know, they've, they started their plan last year. Their plan is by 2025 to have minimum wage at, tw at $15 an hour. All right. So as that comes through, what do you, I mean, what do you have to do? You have to raise prices. Enter in your far left. And I, and I, again, if you are one of these people who are am among the, the left side, we want you to come onto our show and, and state your opinion and view on this, or at least jump on the chat box here and let us know. But this, this is where some of these people will get on there and they will say, well, the rich need to, you know, not go so much for the profit motive anymore and sh basically share the wealth. That is a socialistic statement. We are in a capitalistic society. Profit is what drives our economy. People don't like to say it. It was said best in the movie Wall Street back in 1986. Greed is good. 
people, I mean, that's why they go into business. Why? Because they want to make money. Now, your your Alphabet, your your Jeff Bezos, your Amazons, your Robin Hoods, what are these guys, why are they making these cuts? I'll tell you, you know why they're making these cuts. It affects the bottom line. Why? At the end of the day, these guys are still about making profit. And they didn't see they didn't see what they wanted to see in this last in this last year. So what are they going to do? We're going to cut back employers or employees. We're going to cut back in areas where we think we can, you know, quote unquote, trim the fat. You know, and I don't and I don't think it's going to be for the long term. But at the same time, no, it's not long term. It's not going to be for the long term, but in the short term. And you mentioned this yourselves. So in the short term, what's going to happen? These people who are in these jobs are going to go look somewhere else. They're going to, I mean, they're going to do what they need to do to find it somewhere else. But for, you know, that guy you mentioned, for the guy who was 20 years with, with Google, you know, and had his retirement, what do you do at 20 years? I mean, at 20 years, I mean, I've said this about myself many times. I and and it used to be the case now that we're in a teacher shortage it's not so much the case anymore but it used to be that I was unhirable because master's degree 25 years in teaching you know when I go somewhere especially with the pay schedule of some of these schools if they've got me or they've got the young rook they're going to take the young rook absolutely okay. cheap labor yeah, cheap labor. And it's the same thing with these other companies. You know, unless they're unionized, and that was, remind me to come back to that, but unless they're unionized, you know, you don't have really a foot to stand on because they're going to go with the younger labor. Whereas in some union markets, they're going to say, look, we're a union shop. We're going to re- we're going to reward experience. We're going to reward and this is who we want. We want people with experience. We want people with, you know, and that's, and I still think that that's the benefit of the union today. I, I make a lot of people mad when I say that, but when you look at uh, that article that you sent us about Google, uh, there's a, there's a loose, it's, there's a union within these tech workers, but they don't have collective bargaining skills. And so as a result, they they don't have a voice, and you see these ten thousand, these twelve thousand cuts like this, you know. Um, I'm, you know, I'm I'm you know I I'm kind of concerned, and I think you know another thing that we we failed to mention that I put an article I I read an article on CNBC this last week that said look for income tax returns to be lower this year. Yep. Okay. You were showing me that right before the show. Yeah, and part there, there's many reasons for that, okay? Again, you know, when people say, hey, well, we're going to, we need to tax the rich, we need to tax the rich. Okay, good. Well, that means more money in your pocket. Yes. You want that instant gratification. You want that bigger paycheck. But in the end, there's not as much withholdings, and so what are you what you pay in versus what you're going to get back, you know, that's how your whole tax return thing works. And, and one more thing we didn't really touch on, and I, I've read it, I've been reading on this, it's been like an off and on thing, but there's no like big articles discussing it. And this is just one sector, but if we're talking supply chain issues, looking at the automotive sector, oh geez, the amount of times I have read that a factory is closing down, opening back up, Employees laid off for three weeks, then they're back on. Then they're laid off for a couple more weeks and back on because of supply chain issues. And I feel like that hasn't really been touched on too much when you're talking about layoffs and stuff. We talked about that last. We talked about that issue last year. Well, we, we talked about that when we were talking about the chip shortage and what that yeah. was doing. I um, mean, but that's that's still going on. I mean, they were just uh, they just closed down. There's a. Uh, I want to say it's. I don't know if it's Chrysler or who it was. It's not far from here. They just uh, shut them down for almost a week, I think, because they're waiting on material, waiting Is on that, stuff. That plant in Joliet? 
I don't know if it's Juliet, or I think there's one in Rockford. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There is one in Rockford. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one I was reading about. We, that's been an off you, and on thing with multiple factories I've heard about. So do you see this as, I'm, I'm going to give you my take on this. And we got about 10 minutes left. And I just want to kind of spitball at each other here for a little bit. My my take on this right now, and I've said this, I've been saying this for two years. I've been saying this for when they first started talking around about minimum. When I still remember when Seattle was Seattle was the first major city in the United States to raise wages to fifteen dollars an hour. And when I saw that happen, I said. This is going this and this is going to be a problem. And a lot of my and I cleaned out my Facebook closet after that comment because a lot of my liberal friends came to the forefront and said, "Oh, you're just you know the rich men have got to take their blah 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 and they've got to pay their dues and they people can't afford to live to work on these wages and everything." And I was like, "Get a better job. Go to you don't have to go to college. Go to tech school. Go to something. Get." Be- and you saw what you ended up seeing in then is all the big box stores started doubling down and they were they had people and you saw a lot of your mom and pop businesses who could not compete and they started shutting down. And a lot of your like your small town lumber yards around the Seattle area started shutting down. Why? Because they couldn't afford to pay their workers. We saw in Seattle a micro view of what would later pan out to the entire United States. And I told people from the beginning, the rich are not going to take, like I said a while ago, the rich are not going to take their cut. And so what you're seeing is, you're seeing the perfect storm brewing right now. You know, and we can mark this as January 23rd and we can mark the tape and we can see it later on. But I believe right now we're seeing the perfect storm happen and you mentioned supply chain issues. We're, I mean, now granted, this whole egg shortage thing is because of an avian disease. Uh, that, yeah, uh, the egg. The egg. I mean, egg price. Jeez, eight dollars a dozen. Goodness gracious, you know. But you know, you see different. All these different factors. I mean, all it takes, in my opinion, is for one. We're we're one maybe two dominoes away from seeing the whole thing just collapse. I you know, if you see a scale back in the housing market, what's going to happen? If you see a scale back in, you know, when when large when large retail starts reporting on quarterly earnings, what are we going to see? You know, when we, I don't think we've really gotten any really good true numbers yet because we're still young into this recession. I think once we start seeing some numbers come out that show unemployment's raised, housing starts are down, or any, you know, or crop prices down, we're going to start seeing this trickle down effect. And it's just going to go, I mean, we're going to see a full, I don't think we're going to see a depression, but we're going to see a full on recession go through, I would say, most of 2023, if not in 2024. What are your thoughts on that? Or what do you what what do you see as your as your end game on this thing? Overall, I I, I think it gets worse before it gets better. I, I don't see us really staying steady at the, just the market in general, not talking anything specific. Um just from what I've seen and what I've researched on and but to, to go back to, um, you know, everything. Say if there is a crash, you know, there's there's always talks of a crash. Everyone always talks about when's the market going to crash. There's always people that say they're going to predict it. And we've every time we talk about the economy, we always say it. No one knows what's going to happen. And you know, this could all come crumbling down tomorrow. We could you could wake up tomorrow and the Dow Jones drops for like forty percent or something crazy. You know, it's. Uh, there's no reason to panic. Like, don't go selling your 401ks or freaking out or doing anything crazy. Like, just everything's going to be okay. Relax, you know. Um, do, housing, 
It's, it's really hard to say. I, th- I think you made a good point. You need to wait for the numbers to come out. You know, the unemployment rates, you said to come out in March. I think that's going to be a really good indicator where we're at, especially with all these recent developments just in January alone and like the towards the end of last year. I, I do, you know, it's, what's funny is they continually denied a recession like the, the government has, but you just see all these factors adding up one thing after another. And I, I don't see how we don't hit a recession, but who knows? I mean, there could be a rebound tomorrow. We could go into a giant boom tomorrow. You just never know. Um, but I don't, like I, I said, overall, I, I see it getting worse before it gets better. What was the poll question, by the way? Did I didn't do have that. Well, swim dad, swim dad got too caught up and I was, Tired last night. I didn't realize until mid this afternoon. I was like, "Oh, I didn't put a poll question up, so that was my belt." And I my... wanted to say one more thing. I I know I always throw the blue collar thing out there, but you were you made the point on people complaining about making money or uh, the rich should do this or whatever, and you made the point get a better job. Let's say your average tech salary. What do you think? I know tech's such a broad term, but like. An average employee in tech, what do you think their salary is? Like sixty, seventy thousand, maybe eighty thousand? What would you it, what would it your depends guess on be? I would assume somebody in the Google in in the tech side on Google or Amazon, I can't see being any less than in the less than sixties. I can't see it being any less than sixties. So say say you get laid off, or say you're just a you work at McDonald's. You work a retail job and you're saying, I don't make enough money, but it's not my fault. I deserve to get more money. And your argument is, well, get a better job. You can be an electrician. You can be a plumber. You could be a tower technician. You can be any trade. And I know for a fact, because I've seen it and I do it, I don't personally make this money yet. Um, you can make a six-figure salary very easily, not working any crazy overtime. You can have full benefits. You don't have to be smart. I've met some really stupid people that do this job, and I mean really <laughs> stupid. Most of them, some of them are even under the influence when they work. Well, um, what, what, what you, you guys make, do, yeah. You can make a very good salary and have solid benefits. So I, I can see the arguments on both sides. However, at the same time, I have to say you got to help yourself and really make a change if you want. Do something for yourself. Don't blame others. You know, like go make something of yourself. Do something different. Work for it. And this is something I I hope as we get closer to uh, episode 100 or, or even being a part of episode 100, I'd like to have Martin Hanley on again because, you know, he was such a wealth. He was a treasure trove of information when we had him on. I think we've had, yeah, him, that was, that was good. We've had, we've had him, I believe we've had him on the show twice, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, we did. Yes. And the ability to get into these, these schools, is remarkably not as complex as what people would make it out to be. Is there some work to it? Yes. No. But, you no. know, and I, and I won't mention names, but one of my son's friends, his mother, Bryson had his birthday this weekend, and uh, his mom, uh, one of his friend's moms, it, this kid is like a son to me, and he, he he's Bryson's best friend, and she's a single mother, four kids, and she's working, you know, she works in this one job and she's, she's picked up this other job and she's like, you know, she's like, Andy, she said, I'm, I'm going back to school, going to dentistry school. I was like, that is awesome. She said, I don't know how I'm going to, yeah. she's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. She said, but it's like six year program, you know, she's going to start out doing online stuff. And then, you know, she may have to move closer to the college once she gets in, accepted into the program. But, you know. It's people like that in my eyes that when you, you in order to survive. And it's not easy. No. It's not easy. In order, that is a hard thing she's trying to do, but and, she's and, doing it, and that's awesome. And in this society, in this time, you have to have initiative. 
in order to survive. And I guarantee you, and I pray that those tech guys, I pray that those Amazon and Google and and Robinhood and all those people in all those industries have the initiative that they don't look at this as the end of the road, as it is a changing course to go to a new direction. Because the reason why America, in my opinion, has has come through a lot of this stuff is because you have innovative people who take the initiative, okay, when one door closes, another one is going to open. Okay, where am I going to take this next? You know, I've shared I've shared with people a lot about my financial woes and the poor financial decisions I've made throughout my life. Don't live off of a credit card. Don't don't rely on credit cards. This is talking from a guy I've still got about four and a half, five years left to pay off everything. And I mean, I've, I've got it all planned out. Don't look for the shortcut way out. I want to share this one story and then we can close it out. But this is, I, I, so this, I get, I get stuff all the time because of the amount of debt that I have. I don't have, I'm under a hundred thousand. I'm under, I'm under 60, I'm under 60,000. But a lot of it is debt that I incurred from making poor choices. So I get this ad from this company accredited by the Better Better Business Bureau, which is a reputable group who rates businesses. I looked these guys up. Yes, they have an A-plus rating. And they, they, they labeled themselves as a credit counseling service. Now, someone who's, you know, just like all the rest of you who are going through economic hard times and inflationary and and recessionary times, I'm looking at ways to make my buck go further. And I read all of their material through the ad that they sent me, and they said, you know, we can shorten the time and shorten the amount, you know, of interest and everything by paying, getting your debt paid off faster. And I thought, okay. Checkmark, it's a legitimate business. Checkmark, investigate it. Legitimate business, checkmark. Okay. Uh, look at all the stuff. Look at all the information. Checkmark. Okay. Fill out their questionnaire. And then they said, okay, we'll, we'll contact you within 24 hours. It was an hour later. Dude calls me up on the phone. I'm with such and such credit recovery service. I say, yeah. Yeah, I filled out your, I filled out your brochure. I filled out your thing. He said thank you. And this guy was this guy. He told me he's like, you know, I'm a retiree. This is something I'm doing as a, you know, kind of helping people with their debt and everything to this side. And I, guy was very. He wasn't a scammer. He wasn't. I mean, these people. It's American based. You know, older guy, gentleman. We talked. We just talked shop for thirty minutes. And then I said, okay. I said, give me the tall and the short of this program. And he said, okay. He said, we work with major credit collection agencies, creditors, and we work to negotiate, you know, lower lower payment. I was like, you're speaking my language. Go on. And he, you know, he goes on, explains the program. You know, we'll cut, you know, you your time of your, you know, we'll get you, he said, I can get you into a, he said, I can get you into a two a four or five year program. I said, I'll pay the most I can. And I said, put me in the two year program. And he's like, I was like, okay. And I said, now I said, before we go any further, I said, explain to me exactly how this works. He said, well, the first thing we needed, and he, and he started out really nice. He said, the first thing you need to do is stop using your credit. I said, done. No problem. And I, again, sounds legitimate. And then he said, I said, well, I have a line of credit for my bank. Do I need to change? He said, no. He said, just don't use it. I was like, okay. And he said, and I don't, and you, we don't want you to pay them for the, and I was like, what? He said, don't pay them. I was like, oh, you're going to negotiate. He's like, we don't start negotiating until you, your bank or your whatever reports you missing payments. Are you following me? Mm-hmm. And so these guys, and you, you pay into their, you basically pay into a 
your own, I don't know if you want to call it your own, I don't think escrow is the right word I want to say, but an account, and they pay your creditors out of that account. But it's only after they report you delinquent on your payments, then they negotiate. Then they negotiate the payment plan, and then they get you. And I was like, thank you for your time. And I hung up. He's like, or I was like, I said, send me your information via email, and uh, I'll talk to my wife about it. He said, well, he said, it'll affect your credit rating just for a short, you know, five, six months. He said, but then, you know, you get everything. I'm like, no, you know, so, you know, in times like these, there are debt. My whole point to this story is this. There are desperate, there are people who, and there's people who are, I'm not going to say predatory. They, they're, and this guy was very cool about it. He wasn't high pressure at all. He said, I get it. I understand he said, if you ever change your mind, you know, here's my, and the guy was cool. It's like, you know, have a nice day. Never heard from him again. And, you know, but he, the guy was, and you have to ask questions. And so that's why, and, and that kind of goes along with what Travis was saying. You know, don't sell your 401k. Don't, you know, take those, see what, take the initiative and find there's another door that's going to be open somewhere else. So anyway, that was my story. Oh, thanks for sharing it. Yeah. I don't know if that Um, had anything to do with anything, but I was just like, just that was something that happened to me this week. And I thought, man, I'm going to find me an easy, you know, no, set your budget. It's not all doom and gloom, folks. The world's still a good place. Don't let the news fool you. Yes. Be happy. Yes, it is. Big ass this week. That is. We uh, want to thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, shout out to our buddy Sean. He will hopefully be back with us next week. Um, and, uh, you know, we hope to hear from you. Uh, be a friend. Share with a friend. We are on as many uh, podcast services uh, to our friends overseas. Again, I, I reach out to our, our biggest overseas market in Germany, <laughs> I'm so cool. our 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 listenership according to Spotify is growing in Germany. I don't know what we're saying or how if it translates, but uh definitely reach out to us. We're glad that you're joining us. Share with a friend. Um uh, maybe next week if I if I get brave enough and ask my Alexa to to play the you know the right stuff, it'll show how we play the you can play the podcast on there. Uh but until that time. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.